Welcome to the DevReady Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today we have Anne Mills joining us. Hi, Anne. Thanks for joining us. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on board and coming on and sharing your journey in building some tech for um, suits and sneakers. But I think it started out, out a little bit differently than that. So tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and where technology okay. started for you. Oh, that's such a good topic, and I've got to say I've learned so much over the years, and it didn't start out in such good shape. So <laughs> the company itself started with a business name, International Creative Services, and okay. after the first 12 months, I realised I couldn't get a trademark on that name, so it's evolved. Too generic, so, maybe, yeah? Yeah, they thought that people asked for international creative services like mm-hmm. you'd ring up somebody and say could i have international creative services please but yes, i'm going the they seriously do not <laughs> ask for that but i wasn't going to fight and yeah. i'm sort of glad actually because i've realized that i have as much tech and uh, strategy people as i do creative so yes. it's now called suits and sneakers so mm. that is more appropriate yeah, yeah. i like the name okay. so tell me to think yeah. suits and sneakers it started as a little bit of an in-joke, I'll be honest with you, because in yeah. advertising and marketing, the, the account directors and sort of the grown-ups were say, yeah. always called the suits. Whether it's a man or a woman, you were still a suit. And the yeah. suit was, you know, the sensible grown-ups and then there was always the creative. And uh-huh. so I was going, well, now that I've got creatives and the suits, mm-hmm. I was going, well, maybe the it made it clearer that the sneakers were the tech and creative people. So, yeah, yeah suits is everyone who's strategy, keeping the job on track, project managers and stuff like that. And yeah. sneakers, it's tech, creative and production people. Yeah, yeah. Cool. fit in that back bracket yeah. over there, I imagine. How are good, good yeah, <laughs> I think that's great. I've got to say, I sometimes are a suit and sometimes I'm a sneaker and I never know which one to put on. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll second that. I'll probably play a bit in that camp. So, yeah, sometimes it can be. Today yeah. I'm wearing a DevReady T-shirt. We're not video recording at the moment, but we're going to start video <laughs> recording the podcast again sometime soon. But, yeah, so mm. generally wear a T-shirt for these days. But, yeah, then the shirt for other days. So it's interesting. Yeah, it is a bit like that. And sometimes I'll do like half and half. So I might have the high heels for business and a jacket, but then ripped jeans or, you know, yeah. sort of where of do I actually fit? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Suits and sneakers. So it's obviously bringing a bit of creative and a bit of strategy together. What mm. do you actually deliver and what services do you provide? Yeah, it's really about the people. So mm. I, I originally built the whole thing because the best people in marketing and advertising were just getting lost. A lot of the typical big ad agencies are really looking for sort of more junior people at lower head hour rate. and Getting lost in their whole yeah, marketplace, really? Yeah, okay. They were, and a lot of people just sort of, I guess, they didn't have the ability to go and build a whole agency and they didn't want to. Mm. And to market themselves, it was quite a bit of a, a job. It's and a job in itself, isn't it? It is, yeah. And so I was feeling... Frustrated too that a lot of the best people were actually just getting disappearing out of it. And I thought mm. I wanted to create one house where you can find all these really specialist people. I get it. And get so it's been like amazing. I've had a really great start. Originally, I thought that I would make it like a big directory. Yes. So it wasn't so much about delivering any of the services as a project, for uh-huh. example. And it was about, you know, people finding the people and you know, getting in contact through the big directory. 
but it's probably the, re- the reason we're here is to talk about my disaster because <laughs> 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 I started building this really complex um, directory uh-huh. as if my brain was, you know, sorting for talent. So it was quite detailed and and it was covering businesses as well as individuals back at that time. Okay. And like I spent every last cent I had and it was like a really big job and I was really trying to do it on the smell of an oily rag. I didn't have any capital and so any I was working away and then trying to put everything back into it and I was doing that thing a lot of people do where you think, oh, I just need somebody cheap and I'll get them on Freelancer and Fiverr and back in those days. It's I think a it was place where a lot of people start, yeah. Just, yeah. Yes, it's, let's bring some resources and throw them on a project. Yeah. It's difficult to find people you know who do that stuff oh, for you. Terrible. So I would say actually I don't really know many people who have a really fantastic experience on that for bigger jobs, like mm. tiny little tasks. Yeah, all cool. I actually am a bit of a believer that that's a little bit of a slave labour, modern slavery happening out of those platforms, and everyone it can compete. be. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah. point of view that you have there. So, yeah, it's a bit controversial. I know some uh-huh. people who are getting a good thing out of it, and there's horses mm-hmm. for courses, and I've yes. used them myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, for example, if I was getting a logo done, going to ninety nine designs, not a bad option. Yes, correct. Uh, for other things, no. So I'd be very picky about what mm-hmm. I use it for. And I guess I was just wanting an alternative in the end where you could actually get the experienced people because it's a bit of crowdsourcing going on there and mm-hmm. you don't really know what you're getting. Um, no, you really have no idea. So you just hope no. <laughs> the crowdsourcing it's and the ratings good. work. And it's yeah. Terrible. Yeah, correct. And the ratings are rated by people who don't know what they're rating. That's and the other problem. That's the other True. problem. And, of course, they're very good, those businesses of mediating at the end. So if yes. you haven't got the job that you expected, then, mm-hmm. you know, there's some kind of negotiation that can happen. But mm-hmm. I'm in a world where you have to get it right no matter what. And mm-hmm. first go has to be right. You've got to meet a deadline. It's got to be professional. So yeah, I was I, going I think we're out. All part of that world uh, in some of the realities. Yeah. So there's, there's worlds out there that play in. I think this is why we started this podcast. It was just to, to mm-hmm. share to people that are going on this journey to say, okay, mm-hmm. yes, you can go on freelancer.com and hope mm-hmm. and pray for the best. But if you haven't really managed or know how mm-hmm. to pull something like this off, yeah. it's generally not going to play out too well for you. So you might get lucky, yeah. but idea, yeah, in, in more likely terms, it's not going to end too well. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, this is the root of the problem I had. So all that sort of time and money I'd invested you know, there were sometimes people would not be available beyond a certain thing or I hit mm-hmm. the edge of their capability. Yes. And then I was building like this really complex directory, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. through the WordPress tech. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know the money I got to in the end, but, you know, it would be in excess of 30,000 yes. area. Yep. And so then I just needed a couple of last things done. And I got a person from um, one of those platforms to just move things onto the server and all that. So right at the end, right? So I was really excited and I announced it to my market that it was coming. Coming, yep. And Exciting time. I was really anal about the fact that I had invested what I – to me that was a lot of money starting out. And I had – Oh, but if you're starting out and you're the small mm. business, investing 30 
It's yeah. also grand. It is a bit of money, yeah. And, um, it was, yeah. Having money, it is considerable, considerable. As an MVP yeah. or something yeah. you want to get started, yeah, it's, it's yeah. something that it's, you've done well to get to that point on a, on a bank of $30,000, really. Yeah, it was actually going to be quite a good, cool, cool thing. I'm saying going to because then it went pear-shaped. So what happened is I ended up getting someone that was probably in the end, I look back, and he was probably quite good at doing WordPress styling and content filling, but not actually great with the host at the back end. And he okay. ended up wiping over the whole host with an older version and I'm going, oh, well, that's not good, but at least I've got three other backups. Don't worry. It'll be all fine. And then the next backup, we went to pull that up and it was corrupt. And then I'm going, oh, that's not good. And then, but don't worry, I've got two others. And then the Dropbox version, somehow the syncing had lost. So there was only a really old version. And oh, goodness. basically I lost the whole thing. <laughs> so I'm going to confess there were a few tears then at that time. <laughs> I can imagine bloody hell. So all this time yeah. effort, you've announced it to the marketplace and then yep. you've basically yeah. lost all. Oh goodness me! Okay, so that's to me it was not a like, fun story. No, so it make sure your backups are working for anyone else. Yeah, wow. I think yeah, having a test of those backups mm. along the way is good, and also hiring the right people to do the right <laughs> parts of the job is the crucial thing. So I've learned so much about it, and what I guess I had to do at that point was go, oh my god, I don't have a business all of a sudden as well. Yeah, um, correct. Mm. So I decided the way around it was to teach myself enough to make a really simple WordPress website because I had no money left. You started to learn this on your own now. I've heard this story before too, by the way, so it's interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting and I'm really glad for it because now it's helped me be able to pick and choose people with the right skills for it. wisely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I learned to build myself just a very basic sort of landing page and I thought, Mm -hmm. okay, well, so the tech can't do the sorting, but I can do it in my brain. So in the end, I just said, I set up a, a format so that people could call me and then ask me what they want. And then I would go through my database and sort of connect up. Oh, so you simplified it. Right so you were matching. Yeah. So it's hand matching. So for, mm-hmm. it's actually nearly been two years now where the hand matching happened. Yeah, very interesting. Okay. And so I think in the end, yeah. <laughs> and so I have proof of the market uh-huh. now and it has changed slightly from where it was because I think there's some people who just want you to hand them a bunch of names mm. and there's other people who just actually really need you to keep the whole job on track and mm-hmm. guide the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So Makes sense. it's sort of come up with both those things. So have you been doing the manual matching for two years or has it been two years yeah, since you did that? Uh, I've been doing the manual kind of matching and project managing, yeah, for two years. Mm-hmm. And I've also, I guess, realised that there's sort of a recruitment type of role within that as well. So I've got like, what I forgot what you call it. It's like a licence where you can put people mm-hmm. into a business and mm-hmm. do part-time stuff or okay. like, yeah, temporary placement. Yeah, like a temporary placement, temporary project or mm-hmm. however. It's a bit grey, you know, what's a temporary placement and what's a freelance project. Yeah. So yeah, I just okay. wanted to be certain that we're doing the both. The right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the original it's idea really- was an automated matching service. Yeah, and they could just help themselves. And I did nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. But it's actually opened up a whole other market. So, of course, in the future, I'm still planning that there will be for the 
industries who know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they could be a member and have access to all the people. So that would be like ad agencies and digital agencies and in-house client teams. So okay. they can just search the database, find the people, contact them and negotiate themselves. So, so that's something, something like a recruitment slash talent finding yeah. platform really. Um, yeah. I know, you know, it's like a marketplace too. You're matching people that need yeah. someone and you're bringing the resources to them. So it'd be an interesting yeah. sort of model that you're trying to do there. But I find yeah. it I find it interesting that you basically mm-hmm. two years ago you've been able to and this is some good learning for people out there. Sometimes maybe you didn't mm. necessarily need the technology. Oh, yeah. You need it. Like <laughs> you've been able to operate without it. Um, I think there's yeah. some learning to take away from that because sometimes yeah. life happens for us. So you can mm. learn something from that too that yeah, yeah. maybe start doing it manually. That's um, not a bad way to look at it because you will evolve your world from there. Yeah, I think in hindsight, I feel like I wished I knew this because mm. I could totally have had the market proofed before I invested in the cash. You invested budget there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now I've realized there's this sort of whole other mm-hmm. market out of it. And I guess I'm now also in an in-between stage as well because mm-hmm. the long game was to make it all, you know, this big digital platform and, you know, I've been quoted half a million dollars sort of territory, uh-huh. 450, mm-hmm. 500 for it, epic. Mm-hmm. But what's happened out of the, in the scheme of things is I've worked out that I'm sort of halfway between the, you know, ad agency or PR agency or whatever, where there's that hands-on personal service versus a directory or a system like freelancer and 99 designs where really that's very task oriented. But there's people who want the whole campaign done and there's also people who want just a person. So I feel like I'm in the middle of both, which is quite lovely. It's probably a good place to be right in the middle there because it gives you obviously yeah. both angles. So, Yeah, and there isn't anything like suits and sneakers now. So mm-hmm. I feel like I accidentally came across this place. So now I need the technology to really help me uh-huh. because, you know, I'm doing this matching thing, but it's very much reliant on me. Yes. So I'm, at the moment in the next week I'll re- be releasing a way that I can onboard more talent Mm-hmm. into a PHP-coded, custom-coded area. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. And that helps me just scale. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yet that's not available to the rest of the world at this point. So this is purely for oh, This is purely for you to optimise your in... Yeah, yeah okay. so the personal thing. Yeah. But you're going to make quite allows you to scale a bit. Yeah, okay, get that. Yeah. And it also means when I want to share it with a client a profile, I'm not having to go and hand build one in a you know, an InDesign file and like a review I was doing. So now I can send a link to the profile that they've established and I can even talk to them and say, look, this one's a bit Mm -hmm. more automotive than you've got food on there. Can you just change some pictures up for the next few days while we're trying to get you an automotive job kind of Interesting. thing. Interesting. Okay. So I can so work do in between. The creatives or the, the talent to basically yeah. manage I think that's their own a profile. Good point that's for it. people out there is once you have a base, you can start making those little improvements and iterate on it. Mm. You don't need everything to start with. And you, sometimes yeah. you don't even know what you need until you start using it. Yeah, and I think I used to think that two types of technology, it was all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a really nice learning over the last few years of teaching myself so much. And this other world of the custom coding kind Mm -hmm. of thing had to live somewhere. And then, of course, everyone's, even the tech people, 
they're either one or the other. And because I've now taught myself so much, I'm going, yeah, but isn't it just push a button on this one and it launches that one and the customer doesn't know that this is two environments. It just feels like one. So mm. surely, you know, it's just a, a there's got to be some actions that link the two together. So that has been a good interim. Yeah, and I think it's going to be great just to grow with what the market needs and my demand rather than go and build the whole big thing at the end. I think yep. your point is... Yeah, the thing we've seen with software is people want everything and they try and make it perfect. Mm, yeah. What does that actually mean? Yeah. And then as you're talking to people, so when we go through our dev ready process, we have mm. a, a, a numerous versions of workshops, one after the other, and we even just keep evolving the idea. That and unless we right. put yeah. a line somewhere, we can just keep doing that forever and not actually work on yeah, it. Never ending process, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, where we yeah. end up after after workshop five doesn't look like where we started. Correct. Mm. But yeah, there's yeah. so many ideas you can do and you have to limit mm. to what your like your MVP is or what's the actual critical part of your idea and then mm. grow that with the demand you get from your users mm-hmm. or I think just that's little good tasks yeah, to make mm. your job easier. Yeah, so I'm now at the make my job easier and then soon I'm pretty certain that will allow me to then have a property that will make it easier for other people like without me in the middle so they mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. have – a membership, I suppose, to access what I use every day kind of thing. I think that will work sooner than I thought. But I think there was something you were, going to, you were saying about that, like proofing out and market viability first. I do feel like I didn't really see how important that actually is. Mm. So even as a marketer mm-hmm. now and I have a client come to me and they want to jump through this whole big, this is not quite the same as your world but parallel, where they want to go and do all these digital marketing and social media and blah, 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 and, you know, they want to jump into spending money, I'm very quick to say, well, hang on a minute, let's just check, you know, is this actually selling without marketing? And can you show me you've actually got a market before we go and spend all this money? Because good marketing actually will make it, will fail the business very fast if the product's not right or the positioning's not right. So mm-hmm. same with yeah. you. You can go and spend a whole lot of money building tech, but if you haven't actually proven that there's a market for it somehow first, yeah, then you can really explode. <laughs> and I think um, you've hit the nail on the head there. So it's all about market viability. It's all about product market fit. Are mm. there customers interested in your products? You've obviously mm. designed a workflow that you perceive people to work within, but are they going to work within mm. that? And you can yeah. do all that research up front. You don't have to wait till mm. you have a product. And I think... That's some of the mm. um, the most important points. It's never about the tech. It isn't like the tech will yeah. help you at this point. Now, scale things and improve things a little bit in terms of your operations. Mm. That's great. That allows you to maybe fill more roles, find more talent, bring more yeah. companies on board. It gives you a bit more flexibility to grow, but it, that's mm. not where you started. You're starting at bringing a technology piece where you probably weren't involved at all. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I was. <laughs> and, yeah. and funny enough, I didn't then at all see – myself really so head-to-head with the likes of 99 Designs and Freelancer and all of that, yes. and nor the big mm-hmm. ad agencies who are my, you know, friends as well because they want the people. But, uh-huh. you know, there's a whole lot of brands in that middle ground that, you know, they don't want the wastage in the big ad agency and they don't want, they want better quality than those other online things. So I just don't think I would have found that groove if 
if mm -hmm. I had have had everything go so smoothly in the beginning. So uh, I'm yes. grateful now. <laughs> it's, it's always a good learning experience, whether it's yeah. successful or a failure. The failure seem, team uh, seem to teach yeah. us more than the successes. Maybe. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. And I even had a situation recently where a client just, I suppose they got in their own financial situation. So they tried to get out of the last stage of paying for some work. Uh -huh. And I'm really thankful that I had really tight legal protocols around it all. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is not a fun experience because someone was just being a bully and, you know, really inappropriate no, with their behaviour. Mm. Terrible, did not yeah. like it at all. And I said to myself, oh, God, imagine those people who are just those freelancers out here who probably don't even have any of that. Yeah, correct. And then in my head I went, right. <laughs> so now that's something that the market needs mm. is that protection mm -hmm. from people so now I've also and I used to think it had to be a tech-based thing but now I operate with a, an escrow service if you know what I mean okay, so yeah. mm -hmm. I hold yep. the client's budget mm -hmm. um, in place and I make sure everyone's meeting all their milestones both sides and release the funds accordingly. That's actually a good little place to be because yeah. yeah even in, if it's a tech-based mm. thing or a marketing thing whatever it is the yeah. challenge you have is mm. yeah the tech team might deliver the client might pay or the tech team may not deliver at all and the client's paid yeah and that's happened too so you pay for something and you that's haven't it. actually got what you needed nor yeah. wanted in the first place and i think there's a bit of a balancing act there so that's it is one. and i'm lucky and you're probably a bit the same if you're a suit and a sneaker <laughs> <laughs> you you actually know how to help people get out of the what they're doing to deliver yes. so that mm -hmm. consulting and mm -hmm. advice and solution problem solving mm -hmm. is valuable to both sides definitely you, instead of it becoming a conflict mm -hmm. you know then you can say well you know what if you just made that go like this and move that here and plug that in with that then you'll be able to deliver and everyone will be happy so i feel that's come out of this whole thing as well this accident this yes. you know <laughs> devastating tech file has actually been yeah, really useful. I would not have had these insights and been able to operate. Yeah. Oh, you've, you've been very resourceful. So <laughs> at the top, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I think when we're in the time of resourceful, like you can have X amount of money mm. now. If you went and got investment, maybe you had half a million dollars and build the platform to begin with. People have done mm. this too, by the way. They've built mm. the wrong product and it's completely failed. Yeah. The product wasn't thought through, nor did it have a product market fit. So in reality, mm. you're now in a better position, know what the market needs. Mm. You are more yeah. investable because you potentially can see where the gaps are and where technology actually can fit. Mm. And I think there's a lot of opportunity when you get to that point. Mm. Sometimes people jump mm. too far ahead and potentially you did at the beginning, but you mm. probably had a good learning and you've been able to actually take that, reflect mm. upon it, and then go from there. So mm. it's really good that you're in a, this position now. No, thanks for that. I do actually really see the benefit mm. in it now. Mm. And you've also just tapped onto something else that I think is really uh, interesting. You know how you said about being investable? Yes. Like, mm -hmm. I felt like I absolutely needed that to be mm -hmm. able to succeed in the long run because mm -hmm. of the scale of the tech investment. Yes. But what I actually have realised now is because I've done it in little steps mm -hmm. and I still have the steps in the future planned, I'm planning that I could do it without somebody else investing because mm -hmm. if you have an investor, that means they're taking something from you too. So they're going to take a share of profit. Mm -hmm. They're going to take a share of the business, which 
ultimately is a share of decision making, you know, all those things. So I might, I don't know for sure yet, but I think there's a very good chance that I can do quite a lot without having to have a partner or give away anything in investment. And that comes through learning, right? Do it without the investor, then that's the path. But there's also the benefit the right investor can bring to you, not just in the money, but the knowledge, experience, knowledge. Yeah, well, at the moment, I'm looking to put on a board, mm-hmm. an advisory board. And that's with a great a place to start. Profit share. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So they'll benefit from it. I'll benefit from their guidance and experience. But again, I'm not giving up any of the actual share of the company, if you know what I mean. Well, it's a great little podcast that I did with a man named... Dan, maybe, mm. I think it was, I don't know, it might have been episode seven or eight, if you jump on our podcast, it talks about advisory boards and structuring mm. them to fit all the categories of business. So oh, I need that. Yeah. yeah so it's definitely <laughs> worth one listening to. Thank um, you. I don't know which number it is, but um, I'll give it, share it to you after the episode. But have a listen to that. Yeah. It talks about covering off, I'll just off the top of my head, there was like, yeah, marketing and getting new customers. Mm. You need someone that can help you there. You need yeah. someone maybe from a sales perspective that's actually knows yeah. how to sell into industry, a domain expert, which you would probably mm. be in this case, um, yeah. I would say. You're the domain expert, so you fill that role. You won't need that. Someone mm. maybe financially and then someone techie. Uh, there could yeah. be another one there, but I can't recall off the top of my head. But if you can fill those mm. roles from an advisory board perspective, some of the advantages you'll see, yeah. if they're great people, They'll add value to the product, but then when you're trying mm. to employ someone, they can come from your advisory board or from their network. They are also potential investors yeah. in your product. So it is a good mold mm. and way to actually build a team. Yeah, I definitely agree. And at the moment, you know, it's not like you can yes. at a startup uh-huh. phase, I'm still two years in. And because I've had no capital really, and sort of kind of bootstrapping the whole yeah. way. Yes. Yeah. So I still very startup. But and it's not like those salaries with that amount of mm-hmm. brain power that you could actually afford yeah, to have there. So it's this option. is really a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm definitely looking for a super smart, mm-hmm. like global level tech person along the way, which would be pretty cool. But yeah, I'm sure, we can help you out with that. Yeah, <laughs> hook me up. So when you went through that list, I'm going, yeah, probably got all the other categories pretty handled, which is mm-hmm. good. Yeah, good. And because it is in. It is starting to get like a global thing yes. now, like mm-hmm. not just an Australian thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to be ready for the international thing. I am really lucky because even though in amongst all this disaster, I did get I did, like acknowledged for a couple of awards along the way. Oh, very and nice. I know, I'm yeah. so lucky. Like One of them was wow. Westpac's 200 Businesses of Tomorrow. Oh, wow. And okay. yeah, I was good. so lucky to get that. Uh-huh. And I... And one of the good things I learned out of that was, you know, how to get into a global market. Yes. So I feel really grateful for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But there are other grants and things out there as well that are really worth looking at. And so I think that's the next step for me as an option for, you know, rather than looking for an investor mm-hmm. who's take the IP, yeah, there's Good well, grants and even I'll, I'll ask grants. the question because it's on my mind. What's the hesitation with an investor? Because <laughs> yeah, there, there are positives from an investment perspective as well. I see some hesitation there, so I'd love to hear what it is. Yeah, I've had a business partner before, mm. and I think I'm just realised over the years that, like, I play a game that a lot, not a lot of other people play. Like, okay. 
my I'm very ambitious about this and I'm very certain that it's going to be you know, a bigger thing than it is. Yes. And also like a lot of people with, unfortunately, women and older women have really statistically very low support mm-hmm. in investment. So there's part of me that didn't want to have somebody else telling me what to do. I've had enough of that <laughs> over the years. And I had a business partner that in the end had a mental health problem. So oh, okay. I don't, think that was very fun Mm -hmm. and you know that I'll probably still be doing that job you know have that business now if it wasn't for that so it wasn't fun and like I even when I've looked for investment I've had people saying this is the best presentation pitch deck I've ever seen and uh, this is going to work and this is just brilliant but you know what we wouldn't invest in anyone that doesn't have a tech partner Uh and for me also I didn't want the tech partner that right in the beginning isn't the tech partner who's going to be right at the end of this as well. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't want to be limited Mm -hmm. in the way that the company grows by the person who's in the business with me as well. Yeah, that's some interesting thinking. And I think people, Mm. yeah, I think there was something you said there, the tech partner at the beginning may not necessarily be Mm. the one you need at the end. And I think Mm. that's a valid point to raise. Um, And I think going down the advisory Mm. track might help you serve you better there because that's what I think you can bring on more capable technical mm. people in that level potentially rather yeah. than partnering with uh, mm. a backyard sort of development shop, which we see, mm. yeah, which isn't maybe not being able to serve you long-term. So it's good mm. insight in terms of why you're looking mm. not to take on some investment or at least have some hesitations about it. So, yeah, I think yeah. I would suggest keep looking because there are good mm. investors out there that have great networks that won't step all over you that mm. want to basically support you. And yeah, that is, there are people, idea. there are people out mm. there that probably are the exact mm. opposite of what you think. Uh, so I, just, I reckon yeah, we keep looking out there. Good. You've <laughs> had some good experience. Yes. Definitely, yeah. uh, you know, you'd be able to grow faster. Mm. Um, it's you know, all about scalability, right? So, it is, yeah, um, totally. The time horizon, Sean. Correct. We spoke to mm. so Hamish Hughes, who's yes. an investor oh, yeah. in Australia, mm-hmm. um, and he only does a select number of investments mm-hmm. simply because of how much time he has. Yes. So he tries to give his effort to all of them to help oh. them grow. It's in his best interest to make them grow and succeed. Yes. Yeah, that's so they, see, that's, that's a different model compared to other people who just put in money and disappear. Yeah, so it depends oh, yeah. on for what you want long term. So there's yeah, his model was if I'm putting money into it, I want to see this thing succeed as much as you do. Yeah, and that's I'll what do you whatever want. I can to make that happen. Yeah, mm. and I feel like that's for me what the board advisory board idea is. If you know they can invest some time in the beginning and then you know be rewarded for yes. that, mm-hmm. you know, out of profit share. I think that would mm-hmm. be that sort of like all. Oh, gain and no risk sort of thing, you know. Yeah. So it works then, for everybody. Yeah. I'm touching that tech team that you mentioned. In the end, that won't be the same tech team. Yeah. At, in that point, probably ideally you'd want to start developing your own team and bringing that in-house. I agree, yeah. And I'd love to be able to, you know, bring in the people that you need at the right time for the right where the market has taken you rather than, um, yeah, someone up front. Mm-hmm. And right now even good old WordPress, you know, there's some a lot can be done with that these days. It's, it's so customizable. It's it is. unbelievable. So we've explored where you've been, what you've done so far, where you're going. So let's go way back to where it all started and how you originally got onto the concept of building a system or a website and then how it all stemmed down and ended up in WordPress. 
How did it all come about? Was that based on advice or you just landed in that? That's a good question because I'm sort of coming back to it and going, why did I particularly? I think it was mostly because I needed to feel that I could do a lot myself. Back in those days, like WordPress did a really good job at marketing itself as a platform where you could very easily do your own posts and change content and rewrite things if you wanted and all that. So the flexibility of it was there when, you know, nothing else was really available. So, yeah, two years ago you think back to what Uh WordPress was and I'll admit it was also only just fresh that you could do customised sections as well. Like it was you sort of saw it as a templated thing or you did straight like full-on PHP or whatever the Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. systems are. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, WordPress had this, it was just starting to be that you could do this customizable thing. Yeah, so WordPress, a lot of plugins. Yeah. Pretty much, you can build an e-commerce website in WordPress. You can build a marketplace in WordPress with a plugin. There's a number of things that can be done, which is great, but sometimes it goes too far and becomes clunky as a system. So Mm. that's also knowing uh, what plugins do what and how they fit together. Correct. Yeah, I've become personally really good at figuring out the uh, which plugins and find some that the developers have never heard of. And, Uh you know, so I feel like I understand, but I also now realize how fragile it can be too. Yes. And I've had a couple of clients even in my own website recently, like in the last few months, where Uh the WordPress updated their sort of operating system, if you want a better word, then PHP code on host updated to 7.0 version or whatever, and some of the plugins weren't updated, Mm -hmm. and some of the themes also were not updated. So that meant that you had these four or five things that were all not compatible with each other, Mm -hmm. and like if one did, the other didn't, and and it was all sort of breaking down. So I guess I also have learned now how fragile that can be. And even recently I did start looking at WordPress because they do have kind of directory type systems. And I thought, oh, there you go. Yeah, they will. I'm sure they do. They've got everything else. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. they do. And then I've played around with those and then I could do a lot myself. But then I need like hundreds of different categories Mm. and some of these off the shelf versions only have five categories and then i looked at customizing those and changing the plugins themselves and making sort of more we explored that and so i've had quite a lot of trial and error along the way as well even just recently with those few things Uh and there's a really good sort of directory plugin called directory at directory at or something like that and i went oh that's there now surely it's time i can get my sort of system up Uh and then uh, because I've got such a creative need yes. for the way that the work is presented, I needed that customised. And then the two weren't talking together, so that sort of didn't quite gel. And then that's how I moved into getting, you know, that sort of, I guess, search tool done as um, PHP custom-coded Custom thing. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. And it could, but we've done it to match the mm-hmm. front end of the main website theme as well so they look like they're from the same family yes and they'll sit on the same host and it'll be sort of a button launches the 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 other system if you know what i mean get it yeah so that was sort of the whole 
journey, but along the way, I, you know, I guess I can do more myself now than I ever imagined mm-hmm. that I would. <laughs> and actually, even in the very beginning, I'll be honest, I actually was even started building little small, very simple websites for other clients just to get by. Um, okay. WordPress it's, building, yeah. yeah, on WordPress itself because yeah. I taught myself to do my own and people are going, I love your website, you yeah, know, nice. can you make one for me? And I went, actually, I probably could. Yeah, okay. And uh, so I was making like about one a week or something. Oh, interesting. So well, there you go. Actually, so it became a very going. powerful yeah. system. It is powerful. Yeah. It is. If you get a theme and with yeah. all the right plugins set up, yes, yeah. the start, then you can do quite a lot with it. Mm-hmm. But you do have to say you've got to be careful, and I think it's not scalable. No, there are I limitations it, there, and I think there's limitations. Yeah, and from the outset, I think um, if you re- if you look at WordPress as a solution for a scalable mm. business that you want a million people on it, it's not going to yeah. work for you at all. If no. you look at WordPress to as a stopgap mm. for an MVP to get you to market mm-hmm. to get product market yep. fit. To test your yeah. product, to test your solution, to understand your business case, definitely yeah. an option for some people. Yeah. Because it can yep. deliver you with plugins. Like you said, there are plugins you can patch together and produce an outcome. And mm. for some people, that outcome is the end business and it's the result. They don't need the custom solution. So it just yeah. it depends. There are other solutions yeah. you can use too, just not WordPress, but it just depends mm. on what you're yeah, looking to achieve. Speed. It does. So it's good for testing it and iterating. I do agree with you. And I was, you know, we've said before about testing the market. Like, honestly, if you can sell a product or a business with a basically a, you know, maintenance homepage, yes. <laughs> even if it just says coming soon nice. and, you know, yeah. call me here or he's fill in a form and I'll get back to you. If you can sell with that, mm-hmm. then you know you've got a viable business. Mm. And then the rest of the marketing can come later on. Yes. So I, I really am a big fan of just really simple one-pager. Uh-huh. Don't do too much expense at the front just to see if you've got market. There you go. You, after this, you might start having <laughs> stacks of people just do really simple one landing pages just to test market, right? <laughs> so looking back at when you started, would you still have gone down the path you went with WordPress and trying to get that full system up and running or would you have done like mm. a one-pager thing? Try to do it all manual from the start Yeah, your MVP. It's funny. I probably only learned that the manual thing was the way to go because of the mistake. But if I could go back again, I would actually just put that money into marketing it yeah, rather than um, <laughs> okay. build the tech, if you know what I mean, because I could have scaled faster, a lot faster, mm-hmm. putting that money into yeah, growth strategies. <laughs> yep. well, that's uh, hindsight for you. Oh, well, I yeah. think there's a lot of learning for people listening in because – in reality, it's a business and it's not about technology at all. So you might deliver, mm. yes, in the end, you've decided on technology. Mm. But if you don't understand the business model or how it's all going to play out, what the operations are, it becomes very difficult to build a piece mm. of technology. So I think that's important yeah. for people to understand too. Mm. I would love that you were saying that as a technology company, <laughs> to be saying it's not about technology. And that's it isn't so uh, groundbreaking. At all. And it's, uh, yeah. It's about the customer and what they get out of what yeah. the outcomes are, not how mm. it does it. That's right. The technology it's is a, just it's a, tool. a vehicle it's to, a get tool. There, tool to get there. It's an enabler. Yeah. It's a scaler. It allows you to get to more people. But if mm. you don't know who you're getting to, the market you're getting to, then it's mm. not going to do anything for you. There's products mm. that have been posted online. They spend half a million dollars on them. 
they put it out there and they just think people are going to come and there's a rude awakening mm. that people just don't rock up to a tech product or whatever it might be and just yeah. start using it. You still need to market this. Yeah. Mm. I know it's fascinating, but there's so many really cool ways to test your market now. And like mm-hmm. I'm actually doing marketing for a really fantastic tech product at the moment. And, you know, a lot of people think, you know, there's certain, I guess, marketing tactics that they have heard people talk about. So mm-hmm. that's what they ask for. And a lot of times I go, actually, you know, <laughs> don't think what you're asking for is what you actually need. Let's just go and, yeah. you know, over here instead of over there. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some really new, fantastic tech solutions helping with marketing as well. Oh, there definitely now, are. There's a lot of cool. competition in that space too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning a bit. Mm-hmm. in the process too. So right now I'm a beta tester for a technology that does yeah. uh, LinkedIn automation. Okay. So yep. it, mm-hmm. it allows you to connect with like 100 people a day that are super qualified. Yes. And the results have been absolutely amazing. So I basically built my whole business yeah, where I've come to now through this this technology. But I've also learned through the process of what it's like to have a beta product, how uh-huh. The much the support team, you know, you have to have open conversation with them quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And like I give them a suggestion, oh, it would be really nice if I could report this way or that way or um, have you got a little possibility of a future extension of the service by doing this or that? And, you know, I really love that. So I feel like that has been useful for me as well and I'm going to have to replicate that so I have some little secret early start users who can give me the feedback too. I don't know whether you do a thing like that. That's super useful. Yes, yeah, so beta testing is, is massive, especially when you're building mm. any product really. So if you want to put it out to market, generally, yeah, get a test bed. And it might be 50, 100 people. It could be 10. It doesn't have to be a big yeah. number here. Yeah. But they will give you some general. And if they're your right target market, they're your customer base, Mm. they actually need your product. They're the ones that are going to give you the best feedback. So you can iterate and evolve the product. We run a Mm. a product in pharmacy. So we've got a SaaS product in pharmacy. And we originally built that with a customer to deliver a solution Mm. for them. And then we've continuously sold that product into a couple of customers now and basically mm-hmm. re-engineered and evolved the product with their customer base and using them mm. as like our beta testing. It's another way to think about technology, continually involve it with your customers to better mm. suit their needs because everyone's slightly different, but you've got to be conscious that you don't mm. overdo it, but you just, yeah, it's something, especially mm. early days of product development, evolve it with your customers, mm. get them to understand it, even yeah. if they're beta testers, they're alive, whatever it is. You need to continuously evolve and support your customers. They're the ones that end up using it at the end of the day. So if it doesn't yes. do the right thing for them, yeah. they'll stick around. Correct. Oh, that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. You've also touched on something else I reckon is the next podcast that I'd listen to, mm-hmm. which is the, the legalities of yes. you know who owns what when and you come to your coding and things. IP. Years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah. IP rules, that would be a whole topic in itself. I helped when I was working for an ad agency yes. years ago. I helped develop some technology that I would like love to rebuild now. And it's the long term game is putting that within what I my long game here. Okay. And it was just so fantastic and cool. And when I left there, I wanted to yeah sort of start a business around 
this mm-hmm. tech and the IP. Yes. And I found out through the process that the person who did the coding under my instruction, my idea, mm-hmm. the whole way it worked mm-hmm. and everything, which was my mm-hmm. brain and my thinking that yes. they owned it. And all these years they've never even wanted to entertain any kind of discussion about mm-hmm kind of purchasing the right to it or anything like that. And all I've done is actually shut it down and mm-hmm. not allowed it to grow. Mm. And I saw such potential for it. Mm. And I'm still to this day, we go, it'd be quite good to, you know, modernise exactly the same process. Well, I think it's a very interesting it. point. So Yeah, that's really it, interesting. Just from our, obviously we know this space a little bit from our details of IP. If you have yeah. an IP in your contract, basically, mm. yes, you are designing the end result but the, mm. the developer is putting their ip to develop the solution for you and that could be yeah algorithms behind that that you have no knowledge of that's delivering outcomes that's where the mm. ip gets a bit gray because technically yeah. they're writing think of them as an author of a book they're writing the author mm-hmm. just because you guided them on a story or a journey you wanted to get to it doesn't mean you your own yeah, rights to right. the way they've done it. So that's yeah. how IP sits. It's similar. Like if you author a book, you're mm. on the IP. If you author code, mm. you're on the IP. Now, all yes. through legal contracts, that can be changed depending on what you want to do. There's mm. models where you can license IP and then ability to commercialize it. There's ability for developers mm. to assign IP over to you. But you need mm. to be clear on that up front. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, and to even know that you have to. That access is, to the source code. Yeah, access to the source yeah. is important, especially if you want to commercialize mm. and then continue to grow a product and want to build mm. your own team. So you need to know where you want to be mm. long-term. You have to think about this really yeah. from a technical perspective. Okay, am I just building mm. this product for my my business? I'm happy to just mm. um, utilize this and IP is not a big thing. That's okay. That's fine. I can mm. continue like that. But if I want to commercialize a product, if I'm looking to scale mm. this thing internationally, you really want mm. to be owning the IP rights to access the source code because at some point you might want to bring that source code in and build your own team behind it. So you just got to understand where you're going and what the trajectory of your business looks like too. Yeah, that's a really complex uh, way forward. But mm-hmm. it, I really love the yeah, definitely how you are talking about the business needs, you know, right from the beginning. Mm. Sounds like I need to come and <laughs> talk to you when I get to the stage of doing oh, Whenever the you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. ready. Yeah, we'll be here for you. Yeah, so. yeah awesome. Yeah. But in the meantime, it is a little bit yes. like making do mm. really and just mm. sort of vaguely, you know, oh, look, it's a stretch every time I yes. think because, you know, I need the thing that's a little bit more expensive than I've got the funds to pay for all the time. So that's definitely a common problem I think a lot of people have when they're in growth mode. And like you say, that's where investment is quite good. That's where investment can help you. If you've got a case for investment, mm. a good market, an understanding of your market, you become, mm. and potential to scale and build a big business, become investable. And because of mm. the main knowledge you've built over the past years, you're even more investable than you were two years ago because yeah. you actually understand your clients now. So it's something to think about and just get a hold or handle mm. on now because yeah, potentially you could scale this thing tomorrow if the, you can prove the market, understand the customers and just sell mm. the investor in on the journey. There is an opportunity mm. And you also have to be careful because the people who do have the, mm-hmm. even though I was first, yes. there's someone who's copied what I'm doing oh, in America and I know that they're actually yes. like a step ahead uh-huh. at the moment with turnover. Yes. But I don't know that they've got the full vision uh-huh. 
for the whole thing, but I've gone, damn it, they <laughs> had, you know, they've had obviously had money behind it yeah. from the beginning. Well, no idea is, um, <sighs> no idea yeah. is ever owned by one. No one ever owns mm. the idea. An idea can come about anywhere. Um, yeah. We just stumbled across DevReady over in the US that got branded and they're recruiting developers. So, and how did they find out about, apparently they've been doing it for a number of years too. So yeah, it's interesting. Mm. So no one owns, an idea is an idea. Let's be yeah. real. We all have similar problems and similar yeah. timeframes and similar economies and similar markets. There's 7 billion people on the mm. planet. No one can profess to say they can have the most unique idea that no one's ever thought about. Yeah. And that's probably for me why yeah. I answered uh, the question I did about yes. what I would put my money in instead. And I think yeah. that getting that marketing done up front and getting that, mm-hmm. like the having that growth and traction yes. earlier, I would definitely do that differently. Oh, very interesting. As well. Yeah. Mm. So if you go back and, and have, a, mm. have a look at two years ago, now we probably have this conversation, but what are three yeah. tips you would go and tell Anne two years ago about where to start? Mm. Yeah. I think definitely it would be having somebody smarter than me to drive the technology part of it. Okay. Like I've become really tech savvy now, mm-hmm. but at the time I wasn't and I was completely out of my depth. Mm-hmm. So I can see where I really messed up with that. Okay. And potentially, it, um, you know, even some advisory mm-hmm. as a starting point. Like if you're doing what you're doing and I could have called you and said, hey, what do you think about this? Yes. I, I would have that valued that greatly mm. and um even this whole perspective that you know yeah you you make sure you've got the market there first yes like i had the numbers around it and it was sort of made sense but i didn't have the sort of proof i was building it before you proved the market yeah before i proved the market mm-hmm. if you know what i mean yes. like I had all the numbers that said that there was viability but it's not the same as actually getting people to ring you correct you know because people will say that's a good idea. You should do that. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. But there's, that's different than people saying, yes, I'm going to buy it. It is a very and, different thing. You know, definitely. very different. So I would definitely yeah, get that advisory up front. I would absolutely never use one of those big crowdsource platforms <laughs> again. Okay. Like they're just not proven talent. And I feel like I, you know, it cost me a lot of money over the years. Okay. And a lot of angst as well, just by not having the right people on board. And and I would definitely, yeah, put more into marketing. You got us yeah. four tips there. So it's, oh, was that four? Get, a, get, a, get, get us some advisors around us. Market research, you touched upon that quite a bit. So do your market yeah. research, understand your market, understand your product market fit. Yeah. You also said mm. no crowdsourcing, so websites. Yeah. <laughs> From your, I won't name them, but yeah, if you're going to look for a, yeah. a freelancer or something like that, um, one of those websites. Yeah. And then mar- I'd go to me if I had me back then. <laughs> and then marketing. Um, and I think if you flipped it yeah. all around, what you would say was maybe get some, do some market research first. Mm. Talk to some tech advice to see if I should be building anything to begin with. Start yeah. marketing this product build the need and then maybe go back and yeah. invest in the tech. So that was probably an angle that you've done now. So you're probably at a point where you're starting to clearly invest mm. back into some technology. Yeah. yeah. And I'm also doing it more conservatively mm-hmm. now as well. Okay. So it's just that one, one kind of module or one improvement at a time. I think that's, um, that's good advice. I think that's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> You've learned the hard way. Yeah. We do. We try and do too much, and especially when it gets to tech. Mm. It costs a lot to build a lot of technology, but it doesn't 
when you look at the scheme of things, it doesn't cost a lot to build a little module yeah. and incrementally do things. Yeah. Cost the same amount over years, but you, at least you can focus yeah. your energy on the most important things because we can get lost in scope yeah. and over scope products and overbuild products. And then people use 10, yeah. 20% of it and the rest is just yeah. um, sunk costs. And yeah, you don't want to be there if you're building technology. And like you said to Andrew, definitely having that long game, like yes. understanding what the long game looks like. Mm-hmm. So anything that you do do in modules has got the ability to grow or be plugged into yeah, correct. the rest. So you don't do it as a standalone mm-hmm. thing and then have to rebuild again. That's right. Yeah. So in our, from just a little bit of advice from us, yes, you can start with mm-hmm. WordPress to build something, but mm-hmm. the way we like to build tech is build bare bones minimum in a scalable platform, especially looking long term. So it gives us flexibility yeah. to evolve. Yes, we could use WordPress for bits, but yeah, if, the, mm. if you're looking to deliver a custom solution long term, yeah. depends on your model. If you want to, like, hit, mm. here's a potential journey. You could go and build a WordPress version, set that up, prove it, go mm. look for investment, yeah. build your real product. That's one option. Yeah. Other yeah. option is you bootstrap the real product from the beginning and you start building mm. just the core tech. What's going to get you from A to B now and then B to C, mm. B to D, incrementally build yeah. your MVP as you go yeah. on a platform that is scalable. So then you know, it's not junkware. If you want to yeah. bootstrap it, that would be an, a recommendation from us. But yeah, you need mm. the right people to advise you on that. You can't just, just jump in because you can get yeah. sucked into a an ever-increasing yeah. scope and it becomes too expensive mm. to build. And I think if I was like qualifying why I'm doing mm-hmm. a hybrid at the moment with some WordPress and yes. some custom, I think it's really mainly because I can do it myself mm-hmm. and, and because of this situation I've taught myself yes. to become quite tech-savvy now. Mm-hmm. So that's actually making me uh, able to afford to do the other bit better because I'm not having to pay a developer to do that. Yeah, so you can you do the WordPress stuff. stuff off. Yeah, but I definitely think that's a unique situation. I don't think most people would be in that situation, so I would be advising they don't go there. <laughs> don't do it for the sake of the yes. technology. You're probably better off doing the whole thing long term, mm-hmm. but at the moment that's a lot of money that I'm saving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's for I mean, in the end. it's yeah. We can either invest time or money, and sometimes we, yeah. we have to invest time, and that's the choice we have. So... Yeah, but hats mm. off to you to actually going down that track and pulling this apart and getting you teach something to doing some stuff, especially from a WordPress perspective. It's not the most complex mm. stuff to work in, but if you have no idea, it's yeah. it's challenging and you yeah. need to learn it. And it's like anything, we need to yeah. learn, test, gauge, understand it, and evolve from there. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And every theme and every plugin, they're all sort of unique, so you do have yes. to learn in those as well. Uh-huh. Anyway, if you like a challenge, which I obviously do, <laughs> I've been able to yes. survive it but and still smiling. Yes. But boy, it has not been fun. I guarantee there's been tears yeah. in that beginning time. <laughs> well, there's always uh, on any journey. Right way to challenge yourself. Yeah, right. not that sort of challenge, thanks. I've had enough of them. <laughs> and I want, to, I want to thank you for today because you've allowed us to step into the world of a startup founder and where mm. the evolution of that. And you're not obviously not at the end of it. You're in the middle of where you want to be. Yeah. And not many people allow you to jump in there. So I want to thank you for um, just sharing your journey to date, mm. where you, what your plans are moving forward and where you're headed, what's worked, what hasn't. Really appreciate you just coming mm. on and sharing that story so far. 
Oh, it's a real pleasure. It's actually funny to talk about it with people who get my little nerdy world for a moment. So thank you so much. I appreciate it, Anne. Thanks for that, Anne. Now, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, learn about suits and sneakers, how do they find you? Oh, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate you asking. So it's uh, suits and sneakers, like all written out, and uh, dot global. Um, So I'm global. Nice. Um, But right now, today, it's going to have a maintenance <laughs> window up because I'm about yeah. a couple of days off getting the new thing out. So keep an eye yeah, out. Yeah, perfect. And one of the things Thanks. that intrigued me about your offering was having a coffee mm. with um, ah. a marketing honcho, <laughs> someone that's been in marketing for 20, 30 years and yeah. actually brought some of the stuff that you're doing. And I thought that was a very uh, interesting offering. So share a minute, a brief minute on that and uh, we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, totally. I call it an espresso shot. Yeah. So it's like... Uh-huh. And I, this is exactly what we were saying before, all that time ago. I wish that I had someone I could just, who was smarter than me, I could just ask the question. Yes. You know, what is it that I actually really need right now, mm-hmm. not what I think I need? Yes. And so I've got so many amazing suits and sneakers, I guess, uh-huh. that are top of their game. And if you could just pick their brain for an hour, it's amazing what insights you'll get to drive your business forward. Mm. And because they don't have to do any reports and fancy presentations with graphic design Which or whatever. probably where all the time's spent. But that's anyway. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's where all the money goes. Uh-huh. So you're getting like the big brand thinking, but it's making it accessible to smaller businesses. And, you know, there might be a whiteboard with a scribble and, you know, pull the product apart and have market insights that have come from the big brand, mm-hmm. but all in this, you know, brain dump for an hour and it's recorded on video. Any whiteboards or any templates or anything that's shared, you, you keep... And so it's just yeah, a one-off hour. And, from the, you know, there you might do other things, but you might also be empowered to go and do it all yourself yeah, too. That's a brilliant little idea, and I think it's great for yeah. a small business out there that needs a little bit of help in this space. So go definitely check it out, yeah. suitsandsneakers.global. So, yeah, thanks again, Anne. I really appreciate you coming on the DevReady podcast, sharing your journey and uh, a little bit about your business and uh, where you're headed. So really appreciate it. Oh, thank it's my you. pleasure. Thank best. you. Thanks to both of you. Oh, thank you. Cheers.